0: a long time ago on a podcast very very near we were talking about Star Trek and we still are welcome to two (laughs) weeks in fact (laughs) oh these intros just get better and better we are talking about Star Trek still for another two weeks this episode we're doing Star Trek 3 we're doing search for Spock the voyage home and the final frontier That's what I do. I drink. And I know things. So yes, we are still talking about Star Trek. Um we are talking Search for Spock, Voyage Home and Final Frontier this time, as I just said in my incredibly polished introduction.
1: It was perfect. It was perfect, it was thank professional. you. Thank you. It was Thank you. Oh
0: thank you. I look forward to winning our fourth award specifically for that introduction.
1: You think that's it? I think, going to be so. like. the, I think the, so. And the special Lifetime Achievement Award for the best introduction to a podcast. <laughs> I hope it's not
0: Lifetime too. Achievement. I mean... <laughs> no, that's it.
1: That's, that's as good as it gets <laughs> for you, it. man. I'm done. It's all downhill from here.
0: 37. Knock it on the head, mate. Brilliant. Uh, so we should probably start uh, sequentially with number three. Episode three. No. <laughs> Just number three. Nope. no. Search for Spock. Um, directed by Mr. Leonard Nemoy.
1: Because, sure, Because why not? they were like,
0: please come back. And he was like, I'd like to come back, but maybe you should pay me loads of money and also I will be the director. And they were like, fine. <laughs> My friends, I can't ask you to go any further. Dr. McCoy and I have to do this. The rest of you do not.
1: Admiral, we're losing precious time.
0: What course, please, Admiral? Mr. Scott? I'd be grateful, Admiral, if you'd give the word.
1: settlement may the wind be at our backs stations please at this point we could stick you know a ponytail on a rabbit call it the enterprise and people would pay <laughs> to see they it they were like
0: everybody love rotha khan for the love of god let's just get a fucking another film out as quickly as possible we've, we've at this point we've totally dispensed with um screenwriters of any variety and harvey bennett is just writing a thing himself now
1: he's just amazing
0: he's just doing it himself because fuck it
1: <laughs> it's, it kind of shows it's
0: another cost that he could just cut and I, I, I won't knock harvey Bennett because he's fucking the you know the shepherd of all of this so you know um, it came out in 1984 so just about a year and a half after uh ratha ratha khan ratha khan it had an 18 million dollar budget so we're up we're up six million. It's all on the screen. You can definitely see it, and it doesn't feel like an episode of Star Trek that they made to follow Wrath of Khan at all. It made six seventy six million, and it made eighty seven million worldwide.
1: So, very quick plot summary, and it has to be quick because I, I don't like this. Film. <laughs> it doesn't. No, it's not good. This I mean, movie. The trouble is, so, Wrath of Khan is so good, and then you get this. this. It's like
0: this movie for me yeah. is. I would never watch it on its own. This movie, for me, is like Quantum of Solace. I would watch Quantum of Solace directly after Casino Royale, but I would never watch Quantum of Solace on its own. I would watch Such for Spock straight after Rathakan, but I wouldn't be like, do you know what I fancy? <laughs> the, like, coda. Yeah, you know I'm to
1: get, just to pick out of the entire, the entire series to, yeah. to watch yeah. in isolation.
0: Ooh, yeah.
1: Right, so uh, we pick up pretty much where uh, Rathakan left off. There's literally a previously on. <laughs> <laughs> they uh, there is and it's very tv it's it's weird tv they, uh, producer like man it. he's a
0: tv producer yep
1: i know yep. um so they've been told to if i've got this right have they've been told to they've been told to go back to space dock
0: so they're now on a bird of prey right big Pick- no. no
1: no they're no, still fault. on the
0: no they're still on the enterprise okay fine so
1: they're in the enterprise they've oh. gone back to space dock right. uh, for decommissioning yes uh which is again a recurring theme mhm
0: well, they uh. had the model, Rob. They had the model.
1: <laughs> and basically, because of the damage they incurred during Wrath of Khan, they've decided it's not worth rebuilding it because they built a whole new type of starship.
0: With a ruff. It's got a ruff around its neck.
1: And it's, it's got a big, <laughs> big, big old belly.
0: Big old belly and a ruff.
1: <laughs> um, the Excelsior. Anyway the excelsior it's a sexy uh, ship though
0: it is a sexy ship. i know scotty doesn't like it but i like the excelsior i think it's a sexy business well
1: that's good because it comes back as the enterprise later on <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah
0: it's the b isn't it so course, yeah. it's the b yeah, in uh, generations. generations yeah
1: um so anyway uh they've gone home or oh, everybody's sad it mm. starts everybody's Properly sad because Spock is oh, dead. Like, oh, man. Uh, and then uh, Kirk gets a strip torn off him by Sarek, Spock's dad, for yeah. not honouring his wishes. Yeah. Which actually seems like a bit of a dick move. Yeah, he's like, I can't frankly, believe he, he left his if,
0: body there. He put his living if, spirit inside of, of what, bones.
1: Well, he thought he put him inside of Kirk. But oh, as it turns yes. out he actually put it inside of McCoy, who okay. gets some amazing scenes being Spock.
0: Yes, he does. Um, well, those bits are actually voiced by Namoy as well, though, which is quite funny. They're the bits,
1: Brilliant. Jim. Um, so
0: I love Nomoy's gravelly um, voice by this point as well Jim yeah. <laughs>
1: so he's He's gone down like three <laughs> octaves yeah, over the so course of three good. films so, uh, so they then realise that actually oh shit I made a mistake by not honouring my uh, best friend's final wishes to be returned to his home planet and just dump him in, dumping him on a random world that was just created yep. I need to go <laughs> back and get him uh, Now also they have this general guidance from McCoy slash Bock. M- macock? no
0: <laughs> no. <laughs> no what are you like a jersey you are me an old jersey bean Good i to suddenly oh. set in jersey they introduced the the like 70 year old jerry a's jersey bean character Good i to maccock oh i'll go to the great anyway, barrier but before- i won't go out to st ones <laughs> And what about South Africa? They then (laughs)
1: Then have to, uh, and the original crew uh, basically uh, free McCoy, who's been arrested and thrown in the loony bin. Yes, um, because he's talking about Genesis. Genesis uh, is also uh, now uh, a weapon. It's been realised that it could be incredibly destructive, and has been sold to the Klingons. Mm. Specifically, the Klingon being played by Christopher Lloyd.
0: It hasn't been sold to them, has it? I thought they just heard about it and they won it.
1: Well, it was meant to be sold to them, sure. and then they didn't pay him. They destroyed the ship instead. Yes, indeed. Because yeah. Klingons. Yeah, indeed. So, we now have Christopher Lloyd heading back towards the Genesis mm. planet because yes. they've got the data, but they don't know how it works. Mm. And The only people who might know how it works may be somewhere around there. Random. It yep. doesn't really make much sense, but it's fine. It's it's Star Trek 3. Uh, none of this makes much sense. That's colon. the colon. Oh, no, it's search for Spot. Original... <laughs> The original crew um, uh, Steal the Enterprise
0: Now, very important at this point Uhura suddenly got a jerry curl Is that important? (laughs) It really threw me Because I watched one after the other and was like Wait, she's had a jerry curl In between the Fox funeral
1: They go back to space dock And then on the starbase The first thing she does is check in for an overdue appointment
0: so weird. Come you on, know, she's got
1: fresh gels done.
0: I'm so upset about Spock. Better go and get my hair done in a Look, very. She might 80s be way. the
1: first lady of science fiction, but she <laughs> still likes a bit of pampering. <laughs> Uhura is a woman, first and foremost. She me. is proud.
0: they you know, love Nichelle Nichols. You can't, you can't knock her. You can't love Nichelle yeah. Nichols. Anyway, uh, yes. So oh.
1: they steal the ship. Mm. Uh, they are chased briefly by the Excelsior, which mm. then breaks because Scotty nicked the distributor
0: cap, and it makes like a whatever. like a weird. <laughs> breaking down noise as well, which is very funny to me, very funny.
1: It's it's not funny, it's bad. This is what I like to happen. think of, of,
0: like the Roger Moore era of Star Trek, where it's like,
1: yeah, it's all really funny.
0: It. Oh, God. <laughs>
1: uh, and they make it back to... Um, Genesis? Where are we going now? They make it back to the Genesis planet, yep. which is now just called Genesis. Mm-hmm. Um, sure, why not? And... In so doing, they've also attracted the attention of the... Uh, Christopher Lloyds, Klingon, Klingon's Krug. Christopher Lloyd. Krug, 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 who, um, Krug. Krug. who also has a dog. He does have a dog. <laughs> he, uh, does sure have a dog. he does have a dog. I hope you talk about yeah, it. Yeah, we do. Uh, and there is then a big battle back and forth. Uh, Krug captures the people who've been beamed down, which includes Kirk's son. They killed They stand And Kirk's Sarek. Son. And they've found Spock as a an no. adolescent teenager who's Sav- growing far too quickly on Savick. the planet.
0: Savick, not
1: Savic. Who's sorry. not played by Kirstie not,
0: Alley anymore. She's now played no, by l- no Robin no longer Curtis. played by Kirstie
1: Alley, which just makes things even worse. <laughs> or, or better, to be fair. Uh, and, uh, yeah, David gets killed by the Klingons.
0: And that, I tell you Kirk-
1: what, Kirk really doesn't like this.
0: Good acting. Serious. In, on a serious note, great acting from William Shatner. His reaction to David being killed is fucking my boy. It's so fucking good. Well, he is goes to
1: sit on a chair and he misses. Let's not let's <laughs> not egg it.
0: I think it's good.
1: Anyway, so he beams down to the planet, blah, 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 blah. Big fight. Christopher Lloyd gets dropped into lava because the planet is unstable. They rescue Spock and done. Bosh. Back to Vulcan. Oh, We've missed a couple of very important points. In fact, the most important point. Mm-hmm. Before they beam down to the planet, they have to destroy the Enterprise, cause reasons. To trick the
0: Klingons into boarding, and then they swap places with them and steal the bird of prey.
1: I think it's basically, because there's a skeleton crew, they can't do the usual Star mm. Trek thing mm. of, oh, we can fix this damage in mm. ten minutes. Sure. Uh, they can't fix the damage, mm. so they basically set the auto-destruct and fuck off to the planet.
0: A few things I would like to call out, though. Um, George Dekai's, uh leather jacket, that brown leather suede jacket, looking fucking amazing. Um, Savik has sex with Spock. <laughs> Because he goes through Pomfar, which is Vulcan puberty, whilst on the... Because he's rapidly aging. So she bangs him. Uh, Mark, she touches his face. A lot. It's, it's a lot. mind-fucking. But what's he touching her face with? <laughs> um, yeah. uh, Mark Leonard uh, is uh, playing here playing Sarek, of course, playing, playing the father of Spock. Um, and, and yeah, as I say, Kirstie Alley didn't want to be typecast as a Vulcan, because that's a thing. Well, it happened to... <laughs> to want to be his cards.
1: incredibly great profit and <laughs> longevity, <laughs> indeed, indeed, but sure.
0: Um, they bang. Uh, what else? And there is something else, and I can't remember what it was. Oh, there's worms, and they keep growing, and they wrap around Christopher Lloyd at one point. Yeah.
1: yeah, the worms make no sense, no, the they, they don't need to be there and they're terrible puppetry they're all, they're uh, Also, all... there is a massive amount of exposition and callback to a film that, granted came out a year and a half ago <laughs> but also, if you're watching this back to back as most people will, it's just annoying
0: Well, because basically that's part of like uh, leaping into production very slightly well, us no, Leap. Let's go. Was, We're done
1: with the plot. Herb, shit. Herb <laughs> No.
0: Herb Bennett, was, I, I. No. Uh, Herb, Herb Bennett uh, was concerned that people who hadn't seen Ratha Khan uh, wouldn't understand it. So he said his TV producer uh, mind won out, which is why there is literally on a previously on Star Trek. It's, that's what I mean. It feels like an episode that they've tacked on. It's, it's very funny. Uh, in the form of... That's Kirk narrating a uh, Captain's log. So... Because Rotha was massively successful, Paramount were like, let's keep keep the money train going, baby. Let's do it, baby. That's how studio executives talk. Hey, baby, let's keep the money train going, baby. This is Michael Eisner, who was the head of Paramount studio at the time. Hey, baby, let's keep the Star Trek money going, baby. Is that piercing enough in the ears of our producer? He doesn't seem to be liking it. Hey, baby, you like this voice? Oh, come on. Okay, well, anyway... (laughs) Anyway, so uh, Nomoi enjoyed playing Spock so much that he said he'd come back uh, under the proviso that he could be director. So they were like... We've said that. Yeah, fuck it. Thanks.
1: Sorry. Uh, in case anybody thinks I'm rushing you, much like watching the actual film, I want to get through this bit of this episode <laughs> as quickly as humanly possible. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Um, yeah. So, given how obvious the story was uh, that uh, they were going to go search for Spark and then find him, and then he'd be alive again, um, they blew that. That's why they blow the Enterprise up, pretty much, just to give a bit of like drama.
1: Now that that's, was a super secret.
0: <laughs> it was a super secret. Um, they kept it. <laughs> they absolutely. Um, like they had like security on set they had all sorts of stuff and it was just immediately leaked to the press anyway and everybody heard about it <laughs> it's so good it's so so good so good um originally the romulans were the villains uh but namoy wanted the klingons because um they they're more theatrical and uh he wanted it to be more like cold war-y which he thinks it was more um uh, established with the Klingons, yeah, I think it plays, yeah, absolutely, yeah. Um, we we are we are brief on this one. You'll be very happy to have uh, you're happy to hear. Uh, the script was completed in six weeks, and they were given a sixteen million dollar budget. Um, but given that the costumes and sets and everything were already in place because it picks up literally where Ratha Khan ends, um, it means that really they had more money for VFX. So the VFX mm-hmm. is a little bit better than Ratha Khan, just because they already. Paid the money for everything else,
1: pretty much. I mean, don't get me wrong, the, the Genesis planet when it's kind of blooming apart and what have you, that's quite cool.
0: Yeah. Yeah, yeah.
1: It's some good hydraulic business.
0: So this this is the first appearance of ILM doing um yeah, Industrial Light and Magic, Ooh. which is uh George Lucas's who do obviously Star Wars and blah blah blah. Um, they're the first if this is the first appearance of ILM doing um special effects for vfx for star trek which they do all the way through which is there is i know they're associated with star wars but they're also ilm so why wouldn't you get them um sometimes it's not ilm but that's because they're like oh no we're doing a star wars oh okay then we've got to get somewhere else and that's when they're bad (laughs) that's when the vfx is bad when they can't get ilm Um, this is a period in time as well, though. If you worked at ILM and you were a good engineer, your job was just, I'm working on a Star Wars film, then I'm working on a Star Trek film, then I'm working on a Star Wars film. So, like, you imagine the people that work at ILM as VFX engineers. It's just got to be the best time of your life, right? What's your next no, project?
1: Depends if you like sci-fi.
0: <laughs> oh, yeah, I know. I work at ILM, but I exclusively like courtroom dramas. Lover, Oh, To Kill a Mockingbird.
1: Period romantic pieces. (laughs) That's my jam.
0: I just wish we'd do another Barry Lydon. So uh, regardless, uh, so as I say, the security was tightened. The sets were built out of order. The crews weren't given any detail of what they were building. Um, um, Leonard Lemoy's name didn't appear on any of the call sheets. And Spock was only referred to, I love this, as Knacklove on set. Cause Nat Love, what's Nat Love? It's Vulcan backwards, in it? It's clever code. It's a clever code. Top secret. Regardless of all of this, it leaked that not only was he coming back to life in a film called Search for Spock, but also that the Enterprise was destroyed. <laughs> it just, yeah, it just all, it just all yeah. went. So this is the one where the USS Grissom does appear. By the way, and um, that's named after Gus Grissom, of course. Um and the model for that was actually, uh, the Gus Grissom is the US astronaut, sorry. Um, that was also reused loads in next gen as various different ships. Because we're getting to a point now where they're about to start making next gen, well, in a few years time. And on all these, they've got all these ships. Where's models. the Grissom? Uh, the Grissom is the ship that Savick and David are studying the planet Genesis oh, from. of
1: course it is. Yeah, yeah so sorry. they've all gone back to space up, but one. they're
0: staying on. So, yeah, so that was... So uh, that's the
1: one that gets blown up first. Yes, that's the one that gets blown up by first. By Christopher Lloyd.
0: Yes, exactly, yeah. And it essentially strands them on the planet, exactly. Um, the- also, there's only three of them, so presumably Christopher
1: Lloyd kills the entire crew of the Grissom. <laughs> yeah.
0: You
1: know, just is mass it, homicide. It, it's, it's
0: another thing like Star Wars where there's, just, there's a lot of just in hundreds of people are killed because a ship gets blown up all the time all the time all the time fire it's really satisfying oh you just killed 250 klingons <laughs> anyway um the previously mentioned excelsior was designed by uh ilm model designer william george um who is a model designer that worked for ilm but had previously worked on previous uh star trek films and, and blah 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 um he designed he he put in a design essentially that was what was if the japanese had designed the enterprise is how we put it i do not understand how it looks japanese at all and i don't want to start trying because that nope, seems like not, dangerous no, there water were a couple
1: of things i could say and none of them i can say on the <laughs> no, i'm not
0: getting anywhere near that but that's what he he decided um no more he really liked the design so they made the model um for for that for for the excelsior uh, so that's
1: yeah fun fact about the XLC, it's meant to be considerably larger than the enterprise right
0: yeah yeah yeah, yeah.
1: the model is actually about 75 percent the size of the enterprise oh, model. really oh well yeah yeah, yeah amazing. it's a lot smaller
0: <laughs> so that's it's a constellation class i think and then the enterprise is the one down from that it's
1: got transwarp which is kind of cool wow because i'm guessing wow. that means it can keep up with the borg
0: Mm, yes and no, because it wouldn't have access to fluidic space. But anyway, let's find
1: <laughs> Well, it doesn't have access to anything oh, anyway, because he steals spark plugs. Oh, God. And apparently, you take three bits out of a computer and a Starship stops working, despite the fact that the crew of the Enterprise can reroute this and reconnect the other and would just be able to get it working. Yeah. The yeah. crew yeah. of the Reliant, <laughs> including the fact that, the, not the Reliant, sorry, the uh, Excelsior. I love the fact that the captain of that ship is such a pompous twat. (laughs) He's like classic bristling mustache Navy style. He really is. Yeah. and massively overconfident and of course it doesn't do anything anyway uh right so we're we done
0: no no we've got a little bit left oh, so oh. chris correll not chris cornell chris correll was a cinematographer and every single shot every single scene apart from one was shot on sound stages and he like pitched like we're gonna go to turkey we're gonna go to hawaii we're gonna we're gonna shoot uh genesis on hawaii we could do all this stuff and they were like no man <laughs> What, do you think you're working on the first movie? No, everything's on the soundstage. Um, And uh, so Genesis itself was built on the DeMille stage, which is like a massive Ten Commandments stage. It's massive. It's where Cecil B. DeMille staged the parting of the Red Sea in the Ten Commandments. Very famous. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's like 100 meters by 30 meters, like this huge fucking soundstage. And so Genesis was built on there, six meters above the ground with trapdoors, catapults that fired rocks, uh, pyrotechnics, trees that collapsed because of the, you know, they needed to actually physically. You know, collapse. it
1: sounds like my last dinner party.
0: <laughs> sure, sure. Um, so, production was actually shut down briefly uh, because a massive fire ravaged a load of sound stages and immediately they were suspected of having done it. Apparently, when the fires broke out, it was while they were filming and Shatner and Takai um, grabbed fire hoses and helped the fire department put the fires out. Whether that's true or not, I don't know, but it's a cool story, regardless. Um, eventually, it was ruled as an arson. Although Chris Carell is on, on record as saying he wished it had all burned down so they could have done his plans for location shooting. Ooh. <laughs> I'm not suggesting that Chris Carell set fire to these production stages. I'm just saying that these are the events in the order in which they happened. Yeah. Oh, so he clearly didn't, did he? Let's be real. <laughs> anyway, so you'll be pleased to know that is production for Star Trek Three because I knew this was going to happen.
1: <laughs> and that's that's Star Trek Three, right? Moving on. So uh, Star Trek Four. Like, well, no, trying- we've,
0: we've got a, we've no. got a one star review, which is just you talking. <laughs> so it's shit. How many do you? Let's move. On. How many do you? How many do you give it?
1: Um, Let's give it
0: uh, out of weird worms. Genesis worms. How many Genesis worms right, do you give? So, it? Uh, one point five. I'm I'm only going to give it two. To be fair, so that is that is reasonable.
1: Well, I gave the I gave the motion picture too, so I'm I'm grading low. <laughs> you started too uh, low already. Yeah, one point seven five. Sure, there you sure. go. Okay. Mostly because I do quite like the fact that this film's it's the first one where you get a look at the underbelly of the Federation. Mm. You get the scene in the bar with yeah, yeah. McCoy yeah, yeah, and yeah. that kind of. It's basically Han Solo, but in alien form. Um, And you actually get this idea that it's not a perfect... It's not universe. a utopia. It's yeah. a bit grimy. Yeah. Um and there's yeah, there's black markets. And but that all that's definitely
0: something that the films do establish because Rottenbury just wanted it to be a utopia. So every time there's yeah. any griminess no, they, of any variety, they, they start to just jump scratch
1: at the surface. So mm. that gets it at least a point five above the yeah. one yeah. which it kind of deserves <laughs> for its plot, <laughs> okay. acting, uh, and pretty much everything else. Also, it gets another little bump for the fact that yeah, Shatner's pathos, as you say. Um mm. The fact that they they spent quite a lot of money on building a Klingon dog,
0: yes. So yes, yeah, so they did, and that was operated by four people. Um, it was. It was operated by four people, and and apparently just had like scraps of like fur and fabric just glued on it, and then sprayed the whole time to make it look slimy. And apparently when he kills it, there was a dead puppet as well, but instead they just used the live puppet and pushed it over or something. Very <laughs> <There> odd. <he laughs> very weird. Very, very weird.
1: Um, Yeah, it's it's one of those. Uh, Christopher Lloyd is brilliant, mm. but he's outshone by a shower of shit that is the rest of the cast. Krah, um, he, he is good.
0: He, he is good, I must say. He is good. So do you want to yeah. hear the, uh, the one-star review? Go on then. Is it? Yeah. Rob from Jersey <laughs> twenty twenty. Just replay no, just replay the whole of the episode. That's all it is. Yeah. It's Amazon One Star reviews. So this is from Little Grey Cells from September two thousand and eight searching Ooh, for a fan. Mm, searching for a reason why they made this movie.
1: Well, I think we know the reason.
0: <laughs> this one is verbose. And I love it.
1: Oh, God. Right, I will not interrupt. You have at.
0: I have been a fan of Star Trek, the original series. Since it first aired in September 1966, I watched The Man Trap on a black and white TV in my bedroom. I subsequently made the case to my father to see the remaining episodes on the RCA colour console set in the living room. I saw every episode when it first aired, all three seasons, with the exception of The Trouble with Tribbles from December 1967. A Death in the Family required that I travel by train to attend a funeral in the midst of winter. There were no TVs in the club car. I had to wait until the upcoming summer to see it in rerun. I do not lightly criticise the way uh, the much-awaited movies which finally appeared some 12 years later. The first movie introduced improved models, better special effects, and new characters. We could forgive minor shortcomings of this first effort. We were glad to have the franchise return, albeit in movie form. It is not an overstatement to say that Nicholas Mayer course-corrected the franchise with The Wrath of Khan, giving us a fitting sequel to the next uh, to the original series episode, Space Seed. But where Wrath of Khan succeeds, The Search, the search for Swox fails. <laughs> 1 2 3 4 5 6 7 8 9 10 11. The last 11 words are actually a review of this film. <laughs> it just goes I'd love that you do
1: He paints such I do like the story about the train. He
0: paints such a beautiful picture and then it's just an 11 word review at the end. Rather calm is better. He's not wrong. <laughs> I just love He just gives such beautiful Lorid detail it's, it's so I just I really
1: kind <laughs> of reckon That if you made That into a movie <laughs> would That would be A better movie Than Star Trek 3
0: It's so good With the exception Of The trouble with Trindles And he's got the date And month that it aired A death and a family Required that I travel by train To attend a funeral In the midst of winter It's such beautiful <laughs> Anyway uh, so, so there you go That right. was the one star review Because it made me laugh <laughs> So uh, Should we do the Voyage home?
1: No, now we've got to do some technology. Oh, we've got to do some technology
0: <laughs> down in this business. Man. Oh, sorry, I'm oh, sorry, oh, sorry, I was rushing us. You're right, I was rushing so, us.
1: <laughs> uh, to honour Star Trek Three, mm. uh, one of the technologies that Star Trek has inspired is the steaming dog turd.
0: <laughs> oh the poop emoji. <laughs> <laughs> the poop emoji first used for Star Trek Three.
1: Yeah, we're not doing the uh, we're not doing the poop emoji mostly because we have an entire episode on emojis. Oh yeah. Um poops and aubergines <laughs> and all. Uh instead, we're going to talk about uh well probably the most obvious bit of Star Trek technology that has now entered everyday life. Communication.
0: Yeah, fair. Yeah.
1: So, one of the standing things of Star Trek was they all had communicators. Mm. Um, I'm not exactly sure, in the original series, were they flip communicators, or were they just you push a button and talk?
0: It was uh, flip communicators. It was like a gold grill that, that, that moved up. Yeah, yeah,
1: which makes no sense. But anyway, why not? Um, so uh this of course then went on to inspire uh, a whole bunch of technology uh, and to be honest mobile phone makers uh, as and when they'd invented the mobile phone uh they suddenly started looking towards you know various science fiction mm. tropes to see of what course, they could yeah. do to emulate and you have something called the Motorola Star StarTAC Oh, really? It's literally called the StarTAC.
0: Wow, okay, that seems a bit overt, but okay, sure. (laughs) Uh,
1: It was released on the 3rd of January in 1996, Mm -hmm. and it was the first ever clamshell flip phone.
0: Right, okay, okay. You will
1: have seen one of these. So it's a Motorola StarTAC? You will not have seen one recently. Right. yeah, yeah. Yep, the StarTAC. And the whole point was that you open the phone to answer the call. Uh, It had a speakerphone mode, so you could... You know, do the Star Trek bit mm. it also had an aerial that you had to pull out because it was the 90s and mobile phones <laughs> yeah. <plays for> shit <laughs>
0: it's still the 90s not the 22nd century or whatever it is it yeah. takes the
1: edge off the, the drama though if Kirk pulls out his communicator flips it open and then has to fiddle about <laughs> pulling out this little stubby aerial <laughs> <laughs> um, okay. but yeah so there we go um, we mm. also um, have of course later on and I think this is a next gen thing com badges
0: yeah so that is next gen yeah yeah when they touch the yeah. badge yeah yeah so they have i'm miming doing it on an audio thing um, it's fine. fucking zoom <laughs> you just wanted to touch yourself i you? did i did yeah it's weird that uh, i'd put that uh, com badge there though isn't it <laughs>
1: <laughs> nope not no uh, google
0: right i've actually heard of
1: them. made a wearable badge Really? They did, and it was a prototype. And what it did was it basically connected to the Android phone that you had in your pocket. Mm. Um, and you could tap it to engage a kind of voice assistant, uh, yeah. Siri, that we'll talk about in a minute. Yeah, yeah. Um, and you could start and make them receive calls mm-hmm. and what have you. Mm-hmm. Um, it never made it into production because the only people that would buy it are nerds.
0: Sure, it's like Google Glasses. Yeah. Well, I don't want to get Which punched. Which
1: are also technically a star trek thing, i don't want though, to get again, next i don't gen. want to
0: get punched in the face so i'm not gonna buy google glasses
1: <laughs> um probably the biggest um a, a throw forward was you see in an awful lot of scenes in star trek throughout the original series uh, the movies mm. and uh, the next gen uh, you see people walking around in the background holding something that looks like a kind of handheld computer Sure. Yeah. Or a yeah. tablet. Yeah. Now these are actually given a name in um, the Star Trekpedia.
0: Yeah.
1: That's the thing. It's right? called
0: Memory Alpha. Yeah, of course it is. <laughs> yeah, There's Memory um, Beta as well, which is all like the non-canon stuff. Sure. What?
1: I'm. I'm seriously. I'm still on a massive come down from Star Trek Three, <laughs> so just. Um. St- they actually are uh, referred to you as the personal access display device or
0: pad. Uh- Shit, because yeah. So um, Ensign Rand, when she's talking to Kirk in the original series, she's always got the thing that looks yep. like the clipboard, right? So that that's what we're yeah. talking about. Yeah, yeah. Clipboard. Yeah. He says waving his iPad. His around. iPad. Yeah. Of course.
1: Um, so they could be said to have done that, and of course, we then have things like the Palm Pilot, the PDA mm. revolution. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Um, uh, and the iPad itself, mm. uh, the iPhone. We've already spoken about in terms of the, its application through medical technology, but the iPhone could be said to be uh, a direct. Um, a, kind of descendant of Star Trek's communicator yep. especially if you're one of those people who uses the fucking phone on speakerphone I'm, and walks around like this like a psychopath Hello, I don't understand Hello?
0: that yeah. I'm just going to walk down the road listening to music with
1: uh, Oh no no to to make calls I
0: don't understand that
1: It's 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 crazy Not a video call
0: not a video call by the way a speakerphone call
1: It could be a video call they are just like really like showing people comes with the earphones. inside of their nostrils Your
0: phone comes with an It comes earphones. with an earphone <laughs> It comes with a speaker
1: and a microphone that are designed to fit against your head. (laughs) Let's move on. Anyway. (laughs) And, of course, one of the big things in Star Trek is, uh, as we will see in uh, the next movie, Mm. all of the computers are voice activated. They
0: are. Hello, computer. (laughs) He speaks into the mouse. Uh, Yeah.
1: And uh, we are now in a, a generation where, actually, we can... If we choose to mm. talk to our devices, mm. and we can get them to do things.
0: Apparently, I heard this literally today. You can change Alexa's name to a certain number of things, and one of them is computer. You can say oh. "Hello, computer," and it does because because, and that is directly because of because of Star Trek. You know, it's uh, yeah. And apparently, so. apparently, th- there's uh, this is something I've read earlier today. Uh, if somebody asks for something on Alexa, you can say to Alexa, "Alexa, belay that order." and that uh, it's a recognised thing that she goes and cancels <laughs>
1: and that, so if I come ra- if I come round your house and I'm like Alexa order yeah actually I'm going to stop because if people <laughs> just are listening to this but so if we were to say Amazon Assistant mm. order five million toilet rolls yeah. and you can be belay that <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> yeah,
0: absolutely yeah you can oh, also can I just try something really quick Alexa play Lenny Kravitz <laughs> there you go that's so mean. <laughs> Let me know what song Um, she played by Lady Kravitz in the comments. This is a podcast, there aren't comments. We did
1: this as an experiment. (laughs) We asked Alexa to play the greatest song ever... Um, and through whatever algorithm, it played Africa by Toto. Wow,
0: nice. <laughs> well, well, I mean, there's, there's that, an right? argument to be made. Absolutely, yeah, absolutely.
1: So there we go yeah. uh, Siri, uh, iPads, iPhones, and all the rest of mm. it, uh, all uh, predicted by And Star the female voice One of the things they Siri. did not predict. Sorry. One of the things they did not predict, of course, is that uh, the computer in Star Trek is probably not recording them all the time to sell that data to (laughs) massive conglomerates.
0: Well, money's not a thing anymore, is it in the Federation? So definitely not. Yeah, Yeah. definitely not.
1: So maybe we should have waited until we fixed that problem before we solved (laughs) the other. But anyway, (laughs) which means we can get out of the trough uh, that is Star Trek (laughs) Three. The
0: trough.
1: We can clamber out of the. The open grave.
0: Oh, my God, it's not that bad. <laughs> it really the is The bit good. at the end when Nemoy is, like, recognised them and he's like, your name is Jim. Uh, I, sh- I shall be and always have been your friend. And he's like, "Yes, yeah, Spock. Oh. And you're like, "Yes, yeah, Spock's back, sort of. Or something. Spock's back. They don't really explain uh, how this works, but it's fine.
1: <laughs> doesn't matter. <laughs> It's also the fact that he's on the planet, he's ageing really fast. Take him off the planet, he's ageing normally again. And also, we happen to get him at the exact moment where he's as old as he was.
0: And also, he's got that, like, long hair. <laughs> it makes... It's very, very uh, Bilbo Baggins. I love it.
1: So, uh, they decided to make another one.
0: They did. And lucky for us, otherwise, what will we talk about?
1: Well... <laughs> um, I-
0: whatever fucking thing they have made let's be real it's the
1: star trek bumper jumbo edition of we're drunk and we know things so i guess we could do last jedi
0: so (laughs) god so (laughs) rob they've been to genesis they're on a bird of prey now they're in vulcan where have they got to go now to face the music for stealing the ship and various other things blowing up a planet and various enterprises and Where have they got to go home now? I mean, got to go now. Got
1: to go back to Earth.
0: (laughs) Exactly. It's the voyage home. That was a much better introduction than my actual introduction to this episode. Should have just done that. (laughs) Should have just done that. What is our condition? Sir, the braking thrusters have fired. Picture, please. Earth. But when, Spock? Judging by the pollution content of the atmosphere, I believe we have arrived at the latter half of the 20th century. Well done, Spock. So anyway, yeah, uh, Star Trek IV, The Voyage Home. It was directed by... <sighs> Leonard Nimoy again. And it was written by Harvey Bennett again. And also Leonard Nimoy, And also Nicholas Meyer. And also Peter Craigs. And also Steve Mearson. <laughs> there was a lot of writers on this one. <laughs> it came out in 86... I was three at this point. It was a budget of twenty-four million dollars. And that is because it's all shot on location in San Francisco. So yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, it made 110. Worldwide, it made 133. So these these movies make money. They are successful. Yeah, they definitely are. The only real addition to the um, cast is Catherine Hicks, who plays Dr. Gillian Taylor. Um who is the um, whale doctor.
1: <laughs> the whales... Sure, she's the marine The whale
0: Whale scientist. <laughs> That's an actual thing,
1: by the way. Yeah, You're I know. Insulting a whole bunch of people. Whatever. And presumably those people only do this job because they're incredibly passionate love, about it. love
0: to like, start a beef with marine biologists. But specifically right. ones that... <laughs> <laughs> Such
1: a weird... Michael Eisner... <laughs> the uh, Campari people, and marine biology. <laughs>
0: really weird, specific beef. Come at me, whale doctors. <laughs> you can't see me doing like the backup thing on the Zoom, but it's, it's funny. The bingo wings are still going. So, Leonard and Moy was asked to direct the next one before 3 was even released. They were like, oh, Leonard, you did this so cheap, won't you do it again? <laughs> that is 100% the driving <laughs> force of these movies that is it um yeah. he was given considerably more creative control um so he and harvey or uh, harvey bennett uh Ralph bennett um they wanted to go for a lighter more comedic tone because the other ones the the, the third one as leonard Nimoy Des moy describes it was so operatic <laughs> But sure. Well, basically, what it is is that two and three are so serious that they wanted to have a bit more of an adventure. No real villain, just a bit more of an adventure of the cast, kind of thing. The funny. thing is,
1: this has happened in every Star Trek series, and indeed most sci-fi series, where sat around, the sat round the script writing room is sat there, you know, cigarette on the go, mm. cup of coffee, and like. Why don't we just bring them back to now?
0: Yeah, 100%. It's like how every single Star Trek series has got an episode where, in some way, they end up in Nazi Germany. Yeah. (laughs) They've all every single
1: every single series. It's just like, ah, oh, you know what? I, wish I can't really. It, it's the it's the Star Trek writing equivalent of getting pizza delivered. One hundred percent. You can't be asked to put the work in. 100%. You know, it's it's solid. Nobody's ever yep. going to complain. Yep. It's probably not going to be too good. <laughs> A few days after. I was watching-
0: <laughs> I was watching watching Voyager yesterday and uh, my wife walked in and it's Seven of Nines, Jerry Ryan, and she's a, a French so, chanteuse. She's a singer in a French bar because they're on the holodeck, right? And it's meant to be like the French resistance in, in, in World War II. And she walked in she went, isn't that the woman from Star Trek? And then Janeway appears and she's the bar owner. She's like smoking a cigarette. but And then, and then suddenly this alien with like insane, full prosthetic makeup walks in in an SS uniform. And Carolina was just like, what the actual fuck is this <laughs> like, oh it's one of the star trek nazi episodes oh yeah they do them all the time <laughs> anyway anyway he was given more creative control so he wanted to make a lighter film um initially shatner refused to return um so they actually worked on a prequel to begin with shatner was like i'm not doing anymore whatever i could be an actor in other things so he wanted more money rob <laughs> um so they worked oh. they worked on they worked on a prequel um that they wanted to be, this happens all the time. Every time one of the actors refuses to come back, they want to do a prequel called The Academy Years or something. And it's about how the crew all met,
1: right? Is it Star Trek U? Well, it's, yeah, it's
0: Star Trek U, exactly. It's, it's, oh my God, Star Trek baby! It's also, it's also the J.J. Abrams Star Trek. How they all met. Mm. I, quite like, mm. I quite like how they come up with the nickname Bones in that movie, though. She yeah. took everything. All she left me was my bones. I quite li- I do quite like that. Carl Urban is good casting. But anyway.
1: Uh, he solid. Yeah. yeah.
0: So. Um,
1: Still can't save the second film from being No, he cannot. Tedious. No, he
0: cannot. No, he cannot. Uh, Shatner's pay was increased. So he, um, he signed on. <laughs> so they got two and a half million dollars each, uh, which was less than they wanted. But they got two and a half million dollars each anyway. So not too shabby um
1: well that's eight that's 86 money
0: yeah that is yeah exactly yeah but, but the, this is this is a point that i mentioned in the last episode is that the crew now costs so much like the, the original crew costs so much that paramount launched a new tv show with a whole new crew set in a different ship set in a different time aboard the same ship called next generation because they were making money with Star Trek. It was possible, but they couldn't keep paying $5 million just to get two of them on the bloody set. Um, so 1986, one of the biggest hits at the time had just been Beverly Hills Cop. And Ooh, like a James Bond film, uh, they want to, all studios want to cash in on that kind of feeling of that cinema. Beverly Hills Cop well, so let's make a funny Star Trek. So Namoy approached the um screenwriter of beverly hills cop daniel petrie jr to write it and eddie murphy who is a massive mass famously a super fan of star trek wanted a starring role so the original script was written with eddie murphy as a berkeley astrophysicist who believes in aliens and listens to whale songs So the, the 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 whale doctor's role was originally meant to be Eddie Murphy.
1: <laughs> that would not have made this film worse.
0: I want to see that film so bad; it's insane.
1: I wonder. So very quickly, because we haven't really done it yet, yeah. let's run through um, what happens in Star Wars. Oh yeah,
0: shit! <laughs> Sorry.
1: Um, well, they're on their way home <laughs> from Genesis uh, They've gone to Vulcan so that Spock can get his memory No, in fact, that happens at the end of Search for Spock, doesn't it? Yeah So they're on Vulcan yep. They're now heading back to Earth to face the music Yes, indeed, yes um, I did do a plot summary,
0: that's what I said <laughs>
1: Well, yeah, but then there's a bit more after yeah, there that. is, Yeah, there is, yeah Meanwhile a, There's a big
0: old probe that looks like a toilet roll There's a roll. big old <laughs> cylinder It's a big old cylinder the cheapest um, alien ship of all time.
1: <laughs> it is. It, it's pretty cheap. And it's it going. It's
0: a rotating ball. It's going. Mm, 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 and all the seas are going it crazy. Turns out
1: this thing <laughs> just, for whatever reason, depowers spaceships.
0: Sure, something about electromagnetic somethings. Yep. 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 Okay. Also makes- you get some
1: cool you get some very cool stuff because you get the initial ship it encounters just drifting off into space. Yeah, yeah. No. They never by the way tell you if they rescue them. <laughs> no. <laughs> um you also get the uh space station uh which um also powers down mm-hmm. and presumably everybody dies. Yep. Um you get space dock. Mhm which powers down and presumably everybody dies yep. and then it arrives at earth yep. and starts chewing up the oceans
0: it like, makes the oceans boil and like San Francisco which is where the federation headquarters is is like oh no the windows we better put something up on the windows to hold them in but which makes it, it, no it sense. doesn't it doesn't hold the windows in they break anyway <laughs> they <do. laughs> it's so um, weird <laughs>
1: The the thing I don't get is they break because of the wind? Something. I I don't know what breaks them.
0: It's the wind and rain. There's a lot of wind and rain. And that guy who later plays cisco's dad in ds9 which is a different character is like oh no i'm admiral something and i this is bad and he gets a garbled message from kirk who's on the bird of prey who's like we worked out that whales should speak to them and the only way we can get whales is go back in time luckily we know how to go back in time because spock thinks he knows how something about slingshotting around the sun and then they do go back in time (laughs) is this something that they've done before (laughs) yes yes they have yes in the original series that's that's why yeah 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 (laughs) Yeah. He's like, so do you remember how to do it? the
1: calculations for Time Warp. <laughs> for Time TM. <laughs> amazing, amazing. Uh, and they go back in time oh, and, in and, a, a Bird of Prey. And the
0: heads come out of the clouds and they merge <sighs> into each other and stuff. That was like groundbreaking and special the, effects, by the way. <laughs> yeah. mm,
1: sure. Uh, and then you get the amazing cut where they end up looking at the water with droplets in it and then they just crossfade to completely different water <laughs> that has nothing in common with what you were just looking at yeah. it's weird yeah um yep. you then get the beginning of the comedy is the two drunks on the uh, bin lorry yeah
0: the bin men um because it flattens you see a the
1: trash can get flattened and they're like double taking and looking at their bottom. and then
0: the hatch opens and they all they start to walk out yeah, yeah.
1: it's it's, it's
0: uh... this is a good fun movie it's not the best it's movie, a good but fun it movie. is fun it is fun so basically they've Sorry. got a, long story short they've got to get a whale all two they
1: find two whales they've got to get two whales or Gotta they've got get get any whales whale. uh they they go and find two whales there's a whole bunch of uh, hijinks that ensue yeah. um there are some amazing little sequences including um scotty having to uh find a way to build a giant goldfish bowl oh, yeah. inside a bird of prey and perspex
0: has got to be like eight feet thick at that point so he shows them how to do it at a quarter of an inch or something well, no, because he needs the
1: perspex, yeah, but yeah, yeah. he can't afford to buy it because they haven't got any money. Oh, yes. So he yeah, trades yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. the uh, formula for um, yeah. <laughs> transparent aluminium. Transparent
0: aluminium, aluminium, yeah.
1: Um, and of course, breaks the prime directive massively. Although, as he points out, how
0: do we know he didn't invent it? And the, the <laughs> yes, such a conf- that's such a fuck it, such a hand wave, whatever, fuck it. Um, yeah. um, the glasses come back from. Uh, ratha khan because to, yeah from ratha khan because uh they're 400 years old so they're still antiques even though they were really old now they're just quite old so he sells them in a pawn shop for a hundred dollars um
1: which is apparently a lot about, well, I guess 1986, 1986
0: money um they get on a bus and they won't accept a hundred dollar bill <laughs> no they won't accept a twenty dollar bill uh, they go out for pizza uh. They go out for pizza. They do. And they find two whales at the Cetacean Cetation. But well, again, Institute. I'm kind of
1: skipping over this. They find the whales. They find a whale doctor. She's mm. fun, sassy, she is. blonde of a type. Yep. Uh, that type is 1986. Great basically. chemistry
0: with Shatner. Uh, I yeah, think she's right. got a good chemistry. Not bad. I think
1: great. Um, Spock, of course, is still remembering things yeah. and is not quite himself. So he's a bit weird. Yep. Um, More than normal. But gets kind of, you know, yeah dealt with he, he, he uh, ties a band down around
0: his ears to hide them
1: they need to <laughs> replenish you get a whole lot of MacGuffins in this Loads. considering it's a whale search yeah, it's MacGuffin Central they have to also send a team to steal photons from a nuclear vessel yes uh, to replenish the <laughs> Uh, dilithium crystals and they, yeah, on yeah, the exactly. bird of prey, exactly. and which makes
0: they've got the no they've sense. got that amazing scene, which is Walter Koenig with the Russian accent approaching the carp and saying, "I need to find the nuclear vessels." <laughs> they've <laughs> got the, <laughs> they
1: do the flip back where he's being um, interrogated by the the oh, FBI or whatever.
0: Yeah, yeah, so good. So oh
1: good. dear, it's yeah. it's interesting. It, it hits all the right notes in all the wrong order. But they get um, them
0: whales. They, they take him back in time. <laughs> they take him forward in time. Not, not
1: forgetting, of course, that this entire movie is just on a pulpit of "Don't kill whales." <laughs> yeah, which it is by yep. the way, yeah, of course, one hundred percent. Because humpbacks don't kill whales. They have to go
0: back in time because humpbacks are extinct.
1: But it's just—it's so on the nose. Everything about it is like, oh my god, the whale hunters and they're the baddies.
0: Yeah, yeah, they are the uh, other baddies. Then, oh Jesus! Um, um, Spock swims with the a whale, and does a yes. mind meld with a whale.
1: Does. Greasy is pregnant. pregnant. (laughs) It's all over the place. Anyway, they get the whales back. They somehow what they managed to crash into the ocean Mm -hmm. without killing everybody and the whales. Not sure how.
0: That's true. They then
1: release the whales. Mm. The whales were able to answer the probe and the probe fucks up. And William
0: Shatner's wig doesn't come off underwater.
1: No. Impressive.
0: Impressive. Well, that's
1: like future glue. Right? <laughs> future glue. <laughs> it's it's starfleet glue. It's uh,
0: transparent alum- aluminium. <laughs> it's, tra- it's transparent amazing. epoxy. Incredible.
1: Saves the There a day. we go. Done. There you go. So. Uh, oh, hang on. Not quite done. Because don't they? The, we have an ending where uh, um, he is.
0: They dismiss oh, all the be. charges. Actually, a little
1: bit that I've missed, which is quite important because it plays massively into the sixth film, which is the Klingon ambassador demanding that he be like,
0: oh yeah, right at the destroyed. beginning, destroyed. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because um, that's where they're going. And later
1: back. on, Starfleet basically just saying "fuck you" to the Klingons. because he saves the world uh, again. And they, yeah. They punish Kirk by demoting him to captain. So takes, which is what he always wanted. It takes four films, Boom. and he's back. Bah. Takes
0: four films, and he's back in the chair anyway. Pam, pam, pam.
1: <laughs> Not that he ever left the chair, because literally every time that guy gets on a starship, he's no. like, "I'm, I'm in command now. Fuck off." No,
0: he, he he gets he gets onto starships, and the captain is always so incompetent that eventually the captain he never t- assumes command. The captain goes, "Hey man, um, would you would you mind?" <laughs> It happens in Generations. Tim, um, what is the, uh, yeah. Well, no, g-
1: Generations is the only one
0: that, oh, Okay, fair. Okay, fair enough, fair enough, fair
1: enough. Star Trek <laughs> 1, the captain was perfectly competent and <laughs> yeah. knows exactly that the yeah. phasers are linked to the engine. Mm. Star Trek 2, Spock is in charge, and he's very competent. And Spock, yeah. also a little bit no, as he No, Spock see. hands
0: over because he says, this is your first and best destiny.
1: The search for Spock, nobody's in charge <laughs> because he yeah. steals
0: the ship. <laughs> well, Kirk is a real um, maverick, isn't he? And
1: technically, Star Trek Four is a ship that they nick nicked from the Klingons. <laughs> By the way, they will learn Klingon at some point.
0: It's, yeah, it's hard. To, they have to work out how to read Klingon. I'm, sorry, I'm
1: becoming increasingly cynical about this <laughs> film. I quite like it. Yeah. I don't know why I'm being right, so hard okay, on okay. it.
0: Let's, let's, do, let's do production. Let's do production. Let's do production. Because otherwise we're just going <laughs> to... So, Eddie Murphy was meant to be in this film. He is not. Because he didn't like the script, so instead he did The Golden Child... Which weirdly kicked big trouble into China, big trouble in little China into production. It's wheels within wheels, wheels and we're drunk. Within wheels. <laughs> it's wheels within wheels, and we're drunk, and we know things. <laughs>
1: uh, I, I sp- Is that a
0: ship's wheel or
1: a steering wheel?
0: <laughs> <laughs> it's a steering wheel within a ship's wheel. <laughs> so um, the script was a bit all over the place. So Bennett brought in uh, Nicholas Meyer to rewrite it because Nicholas Meyer, he was good. He did rathakan um, they did a rewrite and then Crikes and Meerson did another rewrite and in their rewrite Savick is pregnant with Spock's baby because they bone in number three I told you, I told you because of the pom-farr. Um and she's meant to be staying on Vulcan and this also included Klingons flying a bird of prey over the Super Bowl. <laughs> <laughs> <sighs> Go on. So Mayer and Bennett rewrote it again. You've know got a
1: whole nother movie to do yet. <laughs> <laughs>
0: know, so they rewrote it again with notes from Shatner and Amoy, and everyone was very happy. Okay. So that's the final script. ILM did the effects again, um, except for the probe. Um, sorry, except for the probe, the Voyage Home required no starship designs of any variety. So. Um, I mean,
1: they did design the shit out of that probe. They did.
0: It's definitely a tube. With some it's barnacles on it. It's a
1: tube yeah. with a ball. With a ping-pong
0: ball. It's irrigation pipe with a ping-pong ball on the end. It's literally that, with lighting inside of it. Um, the USS Saratoga... It makes good noises. It does make very good noises, to be fair. Very good Sorry,
1: noises. the USS Saratoga... Uh, which is
0: the first ship that's disabled. Um, it was just the Reliant from the Wrath of Khan with a new badge on it. Um, and the Bird of Prey from Search for Spock was just reused as well. Because why wouldn't yeah. you? But
1: well, it's, it's the same Bird of Prey
0: yes well it was meant to be the same word of prey so they just used the same word of prey yeah Uh, the probe model was all in camera effects it was a black metallic tube filled with halogen lamps which were turned on in different configurations depending on what angle they were shooting it at um literally very cynical in my notes here unsurprisingly the costumes and props and sets were all reused (laughs) fair yeah considering yeah uh, it was short. I mean, Sorry.
1: Spock does spend a lot of time in uh, a bathrobe that I'm pretty sure, if you look closer, you can see where they unpicked the Marriott band. Yeah, hundred
0: percent. It's very funny, isn't it? It's such a <laughs> hilarious dressing. Room. Although great cuffs, like those ribbed cuffs on it, it looks very good. Mm. I like it. I like it. Um, the uh, cetacean, 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 cetacean. Again,
1: which one of us did
0: Latin and Greek? I'm literally. I've only got an A level in it. It's not like I'm a doctor. Uh, Institute. It was shot at the Monterey Bay Aquarium, uh, and the holding tank was actually an actually effect that they added in.
1: Mike, do you know the way to Monterey Bay?
0: <laughs> well, I've actually been there. Because my grandparents what? used to live in Los Angeles, um, and I've actually ah. been there. So I've I actually been to the Monterey Bay Aquarium.
1: A take um, on the film
0: tourism, <laughs> yes, indeed. Map of shit. I was like nine or something, and I don't think I realised it was the Star Trek-y place. Um, the scene where they're at the aquarium and they're all leaning up on the ra- the railing and they're all talking is actually a replica railing, a replica of the railing from the Monterey Bay Aquarium, and it's the car park of Paramount Studios. <laughs> They
1: really were trimming this budget, uh, weren't they?
0: Filmmaking is glamorous. (laughs) You say whatever you like. So, the last thing I would like to very quickly mention is whales. Yes. There aren't any real whales in this film. No. Because it was really expensive and it was time-consuming. So ILM approached Walt Conti, who is a robotics expert. I think you can see where this is going. He built four four four-foot replicas... Of humpback whales, where the so sixteen foot a whale, (laughs) sixteen foot a whale, (laughs) so straight off the reel, Uh, where the front half was rigid, but all the movement came from the back half and the fins, which moved them around. It's it's how I like my whales, (laughs) (laughs) dead from the waist up. Um, so they shot in a swimming pool of Sarah High School, a, high, a local high school, for two weeks. Um, the operation of the whales required four handlers and divers with video cameras to do all the shots and stuff. But they got all of the underwater whale stuff in that two weeks.
1: It is weird, though, because you kind of think they're just whales. Mm. It's kind of assumed that they've somehow managed to get whales. Yeah, somehow. and
0: there was something you you mentioned the other day about um, the the only really dodgy bit is the... Um, bit where they breach oh, the, the water. At the very end when they're
1: in the open ocean and and they breach and you look at them and you think that doesn't look real because <laughs> yeah, yeah, their fins are doing this.
0: Yeah, <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, so those <laughs> are life-size animatronics in a par- in the Paramount lot but otherwise everything are these robots that you made. Nice. Yeah, yeah.
1: Well, it beats... Trying to stuff two actual humpback whales I into mean, a Klingon bird of prey set.
0: Be, being a being a whale wrangler has got to be one of the harder jobs, is not it? Really, it's not like oh, I've got to get a cat to play with a Malteser. It's
1: well, it's, I, I assume it's like they, they you know Hollywood has this thing where it's like you talk call the animal guy and he can bring you a lion or a bobcat <laughs> or a snake and he's like yeah, yeah. I'm sorry, you want what? <laughs> two of them. Yeah. Yeah, no. <laughs> yeah,
0: exactly. What do you mean, two? For fuck's sake, the script needs two, does it? Uh, but yes, yeah, so that does it for production, which brings us to our reviews. Ooh this so one's we need to do tricky. something out of something. Um, five. Out Eddie of Murphy laughs. Of. <laughs>, laughs. How's it go? <laughs> <laughs> it's a good Eddie Murphy impression. You sound like a sea lion. <laughs> That's how he laughs. That's how he laughs. <laughs>
1: uh, yeah alright uh, no how about uh, five <laughs> double dumbasses
0: five double, dumb- double dumbasses swearing or yeah. trying
1: to swear in a film where they're not allowed to swear so funny because I'm pretty sure that fuck was a thing in the 80s yeah
0: yeah him him being like the hell I can't the hell I will like that's yeah that's that did make me laugh about those
1: laugh. what is it you said? about those colourful um, euphemisms maybe you should not do that anymore <laughs> <laughs> that's so good so, yeah, out of five double dumbasses, what do you reckon? What are you going to give it?
0: I'm going to go three and a half, because I really enjoy this movie. I would...
1: I've, I've got to concur. Mm. It's mm. it's not a great film. Yep. It's a good film. It was of a yep. time. A oh, 100%. And it's that, as you said, um, on, on, for Countless it's a Sunday afternoon classic if yeah. you were a child in the 80s.
0: It takes you three hours to watch because all the advert breaks in ITV, but that's a, yeah, it's like a bank holiday Monday number. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah.
1: But it's a solid entry into the canon and there mm. are some beautiful moments. Mm. You know, you've got um, Sulu and the Huey and the whole love of flying comes yeah, through. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, yeah. You've got, Obviously, um, uh, Scotty and the computer.
0: <laughs> <It's so good. laughs> Speaking Hello, into the mouse, my mouse is like, yeah. It's,
1: no, it's, it's not even. It's not even that obvious. It's the setup. It's use the mouse. He picks up the mouse and he's like, <laughs> yeah. oh.
0: and him referring to McCoy oh. as his assistant and stuff is very, very good as well. Yeah, it's it's good business,
1: but it's. It's weird, because it's a needed change of pace. The only problem that I have with it, literally the only problem I have with it, is it's not aged well.
0: <laughs> no, it's very 1986. <laughs> it's very And this 98-86. is the problem with
1: any of these things, where they go back in time. I mean, you can forgive the uh, special effects being a bit clunky, mm. or, or maybe the CGI not existing, or, mm. or being shit, mm. but... The minute they ground it in a present time, it's yeah. like, no, you've just pinned it to that decade. Yeah. yeah. You can't 100%. ever escape that.
0: Yeah. And then that's, I mean, that's so true of so many movies. As soon as you try and make it in any way topical, you've immediately dated it. You've just immediately yeah. dated it. But yeah. Yeah. So, so we liked it, but not everybody did. So we've got didn't. our one. A one She's, Amazon one star review. I'm,
1: I'm loving the one Amazon one star review. By the way, it's like the the pinnacle, the the turd that floats to the top of the
0: bottle. <laughs> it's not <laughs> you, the cream. Keep flushing. You could have used the cream of the cream. Nope. You could use the cream metaphor, but you've gone for the floater. <laughs> it's Amazon one star review. So gone, charming. So this is from Steve from July 2017, uh, and it's called "Not a Good Star Trek Storyline." And the review is, picking up a couple of whales, not a good Star Trek (laughs) storyline. That's it. it? That's it. These movies, there are are less one-star reviews for these movies as they go on. And I don't think it's because they get better. I think it's because there are just less reviews. (laughs) It's either this or like, the Blu-ray's not good. Well, yeah, it's fucking Mm. Star Trek 4. They're not going to do a 4K remaster anytime soon. Although fingers it crossed, let might let's be real. Let's be real. Fingers crossed.
1: I would. I mean, to be honest, why not? They worked out. that It's like, hang on, we can pay this company. this money, yeah. and then we can make this much more money from I'll this you, chap, Mike. Something. The second he they buys yeah. <laughs> everything four times.
0: The second. going to say? The second they do release it in four K, somebody hit me up in the comments because I'm going to have every single Star Trek av- movie available on Blu-ray for free. <laughs> I've just done it with Star Wars. I will do it with Star Trek. That's fine. <laughs> you
1: know, you can sell them on eBay. Oh.
0: Uh, Bah. But pass on the love. Uh,
1: but well, yes, pass on the love with money. Um,
0: <laughs> so that that's it for Star Trek Four.
1: It's almost it for Star Trek Four because we need to talk about uh, the amazing scene with Scotty and the computer and the fact that he gives the recipe for transparent aluminium to this right. guy. What you may not be aware of right. is that transparent aluminium's actually a thing.
0: How? No, it's not.
1: <laughs> it is. <laughs> right, so the only downside to this uh, particular Star Trek-inspired or related technology is that it is a little bit military. Okay. Um, okay. So uh, Transparent I Animal mean, is commonly known as Elon.
0: Right. Um, Alon. That, okay. That's
1: A-L-O-N. I'm assuming that's what Elon Musk is going to call his <laughs> 17th child. Um... <laughs> His lawyers must love him right now. Oh, Jesus. But not only do they have to keep writing, like, that trust is, agreements and...
0: That yeah. is really what this podcast could do with a beef with Elon Musk. Think of the think of the press. And he'd go way too far and call us something awful and it would be fine anyway, so be great. it be
1: I just want the back links. That's it. I just want the link. I just want to be tweeted at by Elon Musk. You don't even have to use the website. Just use yeah. the acronym. Yeah. Um, you know, the way you did when you named your last child. Anyway, Look, so help Elon, that child. <laughs> I think he's got bigger problems, and also it will be richer than God. Oh, so, yeah, 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 yeah. Alon is Elon. Uh, normally used as armour. Oh wow! Um, okay, and right. it's used uh, basically a process by which you can crystallise aluminium so that it becomes uh, transparent. Right. And okay, this is, is half, some proper... St- anything half with crystals. As thick. Yeah, anything <laughs> right. with crystals. Star Trek. <laughs> wait, yeah. wait, did they realise that crystals were the most advanced thing ever? <laughs> All the hippies going, yes, yes they did. I will clean right. your chakras. Sorry, you say it's um, half as thick. It's half as thick as bulletproof glass. Right. The, but unlike bulletproof glass, this yeah. is where this stuff gets amazing, it can actually stop a 50 mil armor-piercing round.
0: A 50 mil, Right. Hang on, hang on. So, a 50mm round So it's half as thick as bulletproof glass. It can stop a 50mm round... Which is the kind of thing arm that comes out of a machine
1: gun that's normally mounted on a vehicle. Yeah. Or,
0: like, a sniper rifle that's, like, 20 feet long or something fucking yes, ridiculous. Yes, and can yeah.
1: shoot for however many miles. That they
0: use to stop stop vehicles, not people. Yeah. <laughs> it yeah. would be a waste to shoot somebody with a 50mm <laughs> round.
1: I don't know, it does the job.
0: <laughs> well, yeah, yeah, sure, uh, yeah.
1: But yes, and more importantly, the armour-piercing bit is where they, they have a, a brass shell or what have you, and mm. they, they have a depleted uranium
0: core Yeah, well, yeah uh, that's yeah. designed
1: literally to punch through <laughs> laminated armour-piercing glass or Kevlar or what have you. But that's like, and this stuff stops it stone dead.
0: That's like... That's like taking out tank, like tank caterpillars, <laughs> caterpillar threads, with an armour-piercing round, and you can make a bulletproof vest out of it.
1: You, you could.
0: <laughs> That's insane. Why don't well, they make planes? Why don't they make planes out of that? Then.
1: It's, it's, oh no, not very flexible. It's quite heavy.
0: All <laughs> oh, right. Okay.
1: <laughs> uh, the other problem is uh, the cost.
0: Oh, right. Okay, so sure. Yeah. Even for, for the yeah. military,
1: this stuff yeah. costs between $15 yeah. and $30 per square inch to manufacture.
0: Right, so the, the cost of the bulletproof vests on the infantry soldier significantly outweighs the cost of the infantry yeah. soldier. So, yeah,
1: probably not. Yeah, but just, you just get another soldier. <laughs> um. Jesus. But there we go. So, transparent aluminium, a legit thing in but this, uh, the th- real world. But
0: this does mean that like, we could make a tank that's fully transparent so I could drive around
1: no we get some some LED strips and like a mirror ball
0: I could drive around inside of a very well lit transparent tank totally butt naked and there's nothing (laughs) anyone can do about it what are you gonna do tase me Oh, does it still conduct electricity? That's interesting.
1: Don't know. Didn't check.
0: Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Fair enough. Well, if you could come back to me on that one. (laughs) I I will. For my transparent, naked disco tank idea. (laughs) Surely
1: you would be sitting on some kind of rubber seat.
0: That's true. So you'd be fine. You would. I mean...
1: (laughs) Basically, the only three things in this tank are transparent aluminium, (laughs) rubber, and wood.
0: Yeah, oh, and a a, a bottle of Campari, a bottle of gin, a bottle of vermouth, (laughs) and some ice. I've got to be Uh, drinking Negronis. The Negroni tank.
1: (laughs) The Campari people would probably sponsor it. Yeah,
0: there you go, back on side. Two bads.
1: Right. (laughs) We've got another Star Trek movie.
0: We've got three
1: more Star Trek movies. No, we've got another one in this episode. Yeah,
0: another one in this episode, yeah. Sorry, Yes. quite right. So what's Uh. this one (laughs) called? this God, one is
1: called The Undiscovered no, no. Like... what is this one called <laughs> this
0: one's called Star Final Trek Final Frontier yeah which is a lie now learn something about yourself no I refuse Jim try to be open about this about what I've made the wrong choices in my life That I turned left when I should have turned right I know what my weaknesses are I don't need Cyborg to take me on a tour of them if you just unbend at all and be brainwashed by this con man I was wrong. This con man took away my pain. Damn it, Bones! You're a doctor. You know that pain and guilt can't be taken away with the wave of a magic wand. They're the things we carry with us. The things that make us who we are. If we lose them, we lose ourselves. I don't want my pain taken away. I need my pain. Saiba, this is the bridge. We're in approach of the Great Barrier. It's a lie. Apparently. This is, this right, I'm going to do the
1: plot to- summary real quick, because you're going to get into production and forget all about <laughs> yes. it.
0: Yes, quite right. Okay, uh, yes.
1: Uh, right, so uh, this is an odd-numbered Star Trek movie, so it's not good. Um, mm. This holds up.
0: It does, it does, it does.
1: We open on uh, the planet of intergalactic peace.
0: Ah, oh, yes. It's like a demilitarized... is a zone. dust bowl, yeah.
1: weirdly. Um, it's uh, We get a Vulcan Who turns out to be Spock's brother And he's basically uh, an emotional Vulcan Cybok That's bad, yep. Cybok
0: yep. Oh,
1: yep. And Sarek and Spock And, and Syphilis <laughs> And he meets
0: he meets, he meets a, a dust farmer guy And he's like, tell me about a your pain farm. Show me your dust farmer well, Again,
1: I'm skipping through this So they then return to Paradise City
0: Yep Where the grass is, pretty, is green and, and the girls are, are pretty, pretty.
1: Yeah um, <laughs>
0: <laughs> right. Yeah.
1: And yep. don't play Guns N' Roses. Yeah. Uh, but what they do do is they kidnap the three representatives, one of which is from Earth, which is now called Terra, because mm-hmm. science fiction. Yep. Yep. Fuckers. David Warner. Uh, Klingon. That Cardassian
0: bird and the Klingon. And a Cardassian
1: who's actually quite fit and doesn't look like a Cardassian at all. Yeah. True. But does yeah. look a bit like a dodgem.
0: It's true. It's very true. Very <laughs> uh, <laughs> true. <It's> true. Sure. <laughs> I disagreed just because of we're doing a podcast. And then was like, wait, what? <laughs> yeah, you're right. Wait, what? <laughs> anyway. <laughs> anyway.
1: So, so, meanwhile, the crew are on shore leave. The crew of the Enterprise are on shore leave because the right. Enterprise is being, wait for it, Rebuilt,
0: because they blew
1: it up. No, hang on. No, they blew it up in the third one, and yeah. they've taken the fourth one to rebuild it, despite the whales. Uh, yeah. And now it's been rebuilt. So they're on short leave and they're singing campfire songs and oh, yeah. uh, <laughs> trying to go for a similar kind of setup and payoff as they had in Wrath of Khan, yeah. where you get a whole bunch of good stuff up front mm. that then becomes massively emotional at the back. And William Shatner could of it definitely
0: worked. climb El Capitan. William
1: Shatner free climbs El Capitan until he doesn't and gets saved by Spock (laughs) in Rocket Boots, winner... Um, yeah. they try to sing row 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 your boat there's mm. some good interplay between all of them and then they get told that they need to come back they get hailed by Starfleet because there's an emergency that requires that they return immediately <laughs> to yeah. the Enterprise yeah
0: of course yeah.
1: oh god that the Enterprise uh, doesn't work properly when they arrive after flying around it in a way that's very reminiscent of the first film mm. um and indeed a bit of the second, but mm. mostly mm. the first mm. one. Yep. Uh, it doesn't work. The turbo lifts don't work. Uh, nothing works. In yep. fact, it's a car crash.
0: The A is they, not is not set up properly, yeah, absolutely. No,
1: they are told to uh, attend uh, the Planet of Intergalactic Peace. That has a name, but I can't remember it. <laughs> yep. uh, and when they get there, Cyborg is there. So you then all of a sudden get a weird combination of... Ahura, uh, who I'm guessing at this point oh, is about sixty, like, she sexy does the thing. She does dance, dance with of, the of the seven veils with yeah, plants, yeah, with the uh, And then yeah. it turns into a western, yeah. And then it's like a
0: western, like they're storming a fort and stuff. There and is a cat lady
1: leg. with three boobs for no reason. It's true. It's uh, so, yeah yeah and uh it turns out that Cyborg has uh converted brainwashed the people and mm. they take over the enterprise mm. meanwhile the Klingons mm. who are at this point basically just like the 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 latchkey kids of the galaxy they're like like because this like, guy like, is literally s- just flying around shooting shit they
0: basically just become like like a shitty hell's angels yeah <laughs> right they're just like you know.
1: Although the shit he shoots is Although actually one of the Voyager you make, probes, you which make is quite a, good a nice point. callback. You point.
0: This movie is quite Western-ish. Western-ish, actually. I hadn't thought of that before, actually. They decide wrong, that, that they
1: are also going to go to Paradise City to yeah. rescue the Klingon ambassador. Yeah. And when they get there, the Enterprise is already there, and then um, the, uh, chaos ensues. Anyway, they then have to fly to the centre of the galaxy to break through the big galaxy Hang thing on. around the black hole. What? Hang on.
0: Cybok takes over the ship. Yeah. There's a great scene where he, like, gets DeForest Kelly to, like, see his father die again and all that kind of stuff. And then he actually converts Spock and McCoy, but then because Kirk will not be turned, they say, no, I'm going to stay here with him. So then they fly through the Great Barrier, it's called, the Great uh, Barrier.
1: They they go to a, a planet that's all swooshy, swirly, gas giant until mm. they land on it and then it's all rocky. And then a person um,
0: that's not Brian Blessed turns up and pretends to be guard and it turns out that he's an evil alien, Cyborg sacrifices himself so that the they can go and then they go and they escape
1: yeah and then Kirk gives you the big payoff by go throwing back to a thing that he said at the beginning of the film which has no meaning or import but about him not dying alone exactly but he was alone yeah. for quite a lot of the time
0: no but it's like you're not alone because like Spock's so, got your back anyway, bro The
1: the big thing about this movie the mm. big thing very very important is that mm. Kirk gets quite a lot of screen time And some fairly unbelievable kind of props (laughs) because who directed this movie, Mike?
0: William Shatner directed this movie. Rob,
1: they finally put him in charge.
0: The the phrase "one man stands alone" has not been used so much. (laughs) It's just about how Kirk. It's just about how Kirk is resolute. How how I mean, look, Takai has always had problems with him, but how Namoy was just like, you know what, you do you, bro. It's so I think overtly. At this
1: point, Nimoy may have finally been converted to the fact that every time he does one of these, mm. a massive, shining bag of money shows up in his yep. bank account. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. So the budget for this one, talking of money, was 30 million, and it actually made 70 million. So it didn't make that much because it is a bit, let's be real, a bit out there, <laughs> even for Star Trek. <laughs> yeah. So uh, joining the regular cast, as I mentioned earlier, is Lawrence Luckinbill, who plays Cybok. Uh, originally, they wanted Sean Connery, which is why the paradise planet they go to is called Sharkarree. Sharkarree. Because of Sean no, Connery. No, no. <laughs> that's why pieful, it's called. <laughs> I call it <laughs> No, that's why it's called that. That's true. Oh, <laughs> that's true. Um, Shatner saw him on TV playing Lyndon B. Johnson and called him the next day. And he was like, Yeah, of course I'll be in a Star Trek film. I was just on TV playing Lyndon B. Johnson. Of course I'm going to be in a Star Trek film. So, anyway uh this is a bit of background because this is quite interesting so i thought i would uh, add this in during the original tv series when they were making the tv series when it became big um they set up what shatner refers to as the favored nation clause which is actually quite interesting and what it means is that anything that shatner got a pay increase creative control script rewrites whatever Nomoy also got and vice versa Because they were the two stars. So in order to deal with these egos, essentially, they said anything you get, he gets. So it's fine. So, Nimoy had directed the previous two films. So when Shatner renegotiated to sign on for the previous movie, he said, I will do it, but I want more money, and next time I'm directing. And they were like, whatever, man, who cares? We're doing this by studio anyway. Fucking crack on. Shatner conceived the story before he'd even been offered the job, apparently. And it was inspired by televangelists of, like, false prophets like what's oh, huh? going kind what of, got into kind of my nose um and a lot of his original storyline the yosemite bits with the climbing el capitan the crew becoming believers kirk standing alone all that kind of stuff actually survived through to the final script um half half bennett um half bennett was did was did not want to come back um he was done essentially um And Shatner begged him and pleaded with him and convinced him to come back. But Bennett said, I don't like the original script. We can keep some of the ideas, but we're going to rewrite it. And I'm going to get this young guy called David Lowerty uh, in to do a rewrite, which he did. And that is literally the end of the script. That's the script because they're not fucking around anymore. They're just churning these motherfuckers out. Um Gene Roddenberry, Leonard Nimoy and DeForest Kelly all disagreed that Spock and McCoy would betray Kirk, which is what meant to happen was originally is that Kirk was going to go along with Cybok pretending that he'd bought into it and everyone else believed him, um, which was lower put in because it's meant to be great conflict, but they won out eventually. And that's why they kind of do sell out, but don't sell out. It's like a whole, it's a whole thing. Um And yeah, basically Paramount were very concerned that Shatner was so consumed with his vision that they were going to end up losing an absolute fucking arm and a leg and it was going to go massively over budget. So they cut loads of sequences, loads of sequences. So Shatner envisioned angels and demons at the film's climax, uh, which were converted to rock monsters that the false god would like animate from the earth. And Shatner Shatner wanted six of these rock monsters to attack them. And then he was talked down to one. So eventually they cut it all the way back down to one. Now, keep in mind that you've seen this film. Are there any rock monsters in the end of that movie? No. No, no there no. aren't. No, there no, aren't. They no. <laughs> so they talked him down to one and then...
1: Got rid of it altogether. <laughs> got rid of it
0: altogether. <laughs> so, yeah. So um, so they started filming in October 1988. Uh, and it, there was a time where... Do you know what the Teamsters are? The Teamsters are. Yeah, yeah. Right. So uh, it was during a Teamster strike, which uh, for those that don't know, they're the t- truck drivers, essentially, they're the transportation people of, of, of Hollywood and of entertainment, the entertainment industry. They were on strike. So they hired a load of non-union truck drivers and they were like, we're probably going to have to deal with some shit because they're going to like try and sabotage our machinery or like stop production. They've done things in the past, like fly planes over the top of where they were filming movies like higher planes fly them up and down to ruin takes and stuff um, but what actually happened was is that two trucks exploded in the Paramount car park yeah so pipe bombs is what happened so uh, nice. yeah so they had to drive all of the equipment and everything to Yosemite at night with a police escort to make sure they could get set up for filming <laughs> yeah unions <All> right. man <laughs> <laughs> Unions, they, man.
1: They could have just negotiated with the union, but
0: I'm sure. <laughs> exactly. Yeah, that's exactly how I, th- how I thought. Yeah. Um. Lot as we said it before, uh, Kirk climbs El Capitan at the beginning, which is fucking hilarious, frankly. It's just it's so very funny. Um the long shots of Kirk are shockingly doubles. It's it's not actually William Shatner doing the rock climbing. And the really? close ups Yeah, I know. I know. And this bit will really shock you, Rob. The close ups of Shatner climbing, it's him climbing a fiberglass replica. And I know.
1: He's he's a foot off the ground isn't he? You'd never
0: be able to tell would you because that looks like real rock face.
1: <laughs> it does.
0: You'd never especially be especially in HD on.
1: No.
0: <laughs> You'd never be able to tell. He had two uh... trainers. He had two trainers and uh apparently he worked out in the gym for 3 hours every morning.
1: Mhm. <laughs> I can't remember. Is this the one where No, I think it was actually 3 where he went up and down and they had to make him like 15 shirts?
0: <laughs> yeah, I think that's number 3. Yeah. <laughs> Because he just ballooned, ballooned yeah, through yeah. the the filming. Yeah. yeah. Uh, right. Um. When he falls, the st- when he falls off. Uh. When he falls off the El Capitan. Um. Ken Bates, who is the stuntman, set a record that still holds, I believe, for the highest American descender fall. Because he's on a wire, but he is actually falling off the side of El Capitan. Um. So they took the wire out and post, obviously. But yeah. But um. But yeah. So apparently, I think I believe that still stands. Um. They had a bit of an issue where all of the best special effects technicians were working on The Last Crusade or Ghostbusters 2. So they really struggled to find anyone. So they ended up using uh, Bran Fern's company, Associates and Ferren, um, which is actually a New York uh, production house or post-production house, I should say. So it's the only Star Trek film to be made on two coasts. Sure. That was interesting and worth leaving in. Clearly,
1: yeah, definitely. <laughs> um, I mean, the one thing I would say is that the post-production. I don't know. The shippy bits are good. Mm. Um, the mm. uh, yeah, the actual kind of alien at the end is a bit shonky. Yeah,
0: yeah. Mm yeah well that's that's it like so he massively meddled in all of the effects and demanded loads of changes because he had a singular vision um and they originally budgeted four million for the effects but once did it cost (laughs) so it cost nine million in the end wow (laughs) because he kept fucking with them every time they did something he wants little specific changes that were super costly um And as I say, as we said earlier, the rock monsters that were meant to be in there, uh, the monster dubbed the Rock Man was a large latex rubber suit that breathed fire. The effects personnel smoked cigarettes and blew smoke into the suit to make smoke come out of the creases in the suit, to make it look like it was smoking. But when they were filming... (laughs) When they were filming, there were mechanical problems in that they couldn't breathe fire, and it was too windy, so you couldn't see the smoke that was coming out of the seams. So you could just see the seams. So they just cut the whole sequence. <laughs> see, so he wanted six, he got one, and even that one didn't work.
1: <laughs> I think it's, it's yeah, it would not have added anything. that no, needed no, to be added. No, no. So um.
0: So that's it.
1: You'd be pleased to know,
0: two and a half. (laughs) No, you know what? Two, two. Two. This one, this one, bores me a little bit. I would only, I I only watch it when I'm rewatching all of them in a row.
1: Yeah, weirdly, I watched this one a lot when I was younger because it was the one we had on VHS.
0: Okay, sure. Okay. Um,
1: So I know it fairly well. Mm. Um, I I used to quite like bits of it. Mm. Um, Mm. I don't really like it anymore. The the whole kind of. (laughs) The the assault on Paradise City is quite cool.
0: Yeah, sorry. Um, what I, I love about doing a long episode is how you start with such enthusiasm, and <laughs> uh, at this point, you're just like, you know what, fuck Star I'm Trek, done. fuck William Shatner. I've had enough.
1: Um, I think it's because also, as as <laughs> I've realised more about what's going on with the other movies...
0: Yeah, 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 that's fair. That's um,
1: fair. <laughs> I've, I've been less impressed by the stuff. Mm. You know, that whole, I'll never die alone. When I was however old I was... 14, 12. Yeah.
0: yeah, yeah. That was
1: impressive. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I was like, oh my god, they said this then and they tied it back to then and they yeah, yeah. didn't. And then as I've grown up and learned more about <laughs> life, uh, I've realized that actually, no, that's just a hokey throwback. This is to actually- Try and desperately get, you know, the good of the many outweigh the good of the one.
0: Yeah, yeah. They're just trying to get. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, the trouble did, is,
1: when you watch it back to back, you can spot the fact that Shatner's got his grubby little fingers all god. over previous movies. Yeah. <laughs> It's like, oh, it's, they, they do a big flyby, do they? Like, the first film.
0: I, I, like, the movies that Nimoy directs are Spock-centric by virtue of following Wrath of Khan. Wrath of Khan, whatever. But it never feels particularly, like, like, selfish or egotistical. This movie is like, have you heard about Captain Kirk? He's the fucking absolute mutts nuts. nuts. <laughs> have you seen
1: these nuts? <laughs> have, you,
0: have you seen this motherfucker? He is amazing. The, the I'm only, guessing
1: we've got... I'm, I'm sorry, I'm guessing we've got a one-star review.
0: We, we do, but I just, I just want to say one thing, which is everybody kicked off about how Spock had a secret sister when Discovery came out. There's literally a film about how he had a secret brother. <laughs> anyway. Fair. Half-brother. <laughs> Half Half-brother. Half-brother, indeed. So, one-star review. Yes, quite right. It's Amazon one-star review. This one's from Jack Shoemaker from August 2014, entitled, I Did Car For It and the review is i did car for it thank you that has been one star reviews
1: <laughs> and that has been the second of our three part star trek special <laughs> sorry that one was a bit long I,
0: yeah fucking hell i keep forgetting kind of we're doing just, these as individual you kind of have episodes to
1: get through the the weird thing is that it's it's yeah it's like the 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 stupid stepchild of the uh, of the Star Trek universe. This episode, the longest episode,
0: um, is about the worst ones. <laughs> yeah,
1: it's fine. You can just skip over it if you want. No, the don't I say listen that the to top every of the word, show. you
0: bastards.
1: We had to watch these films. <laughs> yeah,
0: goddammit. You're
1: going to listen to us not enjoy them.
0: I spent five hours making notes about these films yesterday. You bastards! You listen to this episode. <laughs>
1: the plus side is we've only got two more to go in the next episode and, and they those are good, good those are good films. those are good, we good, have good business those are good, those are good ones so um yeah join us in a week's time we've got more Star Trek to
0: do no you you come back it'll be better I promise I could do better <laughs> I'll be better we can change we can change <laughs> alright well enjoy your week see you next week I have and always shall be your friend etc I neither gave the name of the podcast, nor what we were drinking.
1: (laughs) They know and they don't care.
0: (laughs) Yeah, fair enough. Fair enough. So yes, we are. We are talking about Star Trek still. I'm doing an intro. (laughs) I was just going to start doing the episode. A long time ago, on a podcast far, far away, we were talking about Star Trek. And this month, week, god damn it, I'm going to start again.